0: the next stop, SprawlCast.
1: You're listening to SprawlCast. My name is Jeremy Clausus and I'm the founder and editor of The Sprawl, and SprawlCast is made in collaboration with CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. We're broadcasting slash podcasting from Calgary on Treaty 7 territory. We don't do press release journalism and we're here to do stories that go beyond just the headlines. Stories like this one.
0: The effect was, of course, to intimidate me through this threat so that I would become silent. We
2: need to, as as Albertans, not normalize this behavior even though there seems to be no consequence
1: the health minister must resign or the premier must relieve
3: him of his duties this in the middle of a pandemic
1: deplorable it's been quite a month for alberta health minister tyler shandro it's been quite a month for health ministers all over the world of course with the COVID 19 pandemic turning everything upside down and testing our health systems But along with that, Alberta has had some rather intense political drama play out as this all unfolds. We've seen questions of conflict of interest. We've seen the health minister threaten Albertans who criticize him publicly. And underlying everything is a very public fight between Shandro and the province's doctors over the way physicians are paid for their work. Now, in Alberta right now, it's hard to focus in on this story Or any story because everything is changing so fast. And it seems like there's a new conflagration every day in Alberta. But let's stay with this one story. Because this story says a lot about what we've normalized in Alberta. And what we're becoming. Let's go back to Thursday, March 19th. This was on the first week that schools were closed. And that morning, the government of Alberta announced that it was partnering with TELUS, a private corporation, to facilitate virtual visits with doctors in the midst of a pandemic through an app called Babylon. And almost immediately, Alberta doctors spoke out against this, saying, why are you directing people to TELUS and not to their family physician right now, the people who can give the best care? Now, this was announced on March 19th, but it was clearly in the cards beforehand. The company, TELUS, shares a similar view to Jason Kenney on healthcare, namely that the public system is inefficient, spending is out of control, and the whole thing could use some private interventions.
3: The province spends more per capita on healthcare than many of its neighbors.
1: This is TELUS CEO Darren Entwistle, and he was speaking in September in downtown Edmonton along with Premier Jason Kenney. They were there to announce an investment by TELUS in the province's broadband network. But they also used the occasion to talk about health care.
3: At TELUS, all of our 60,000 team members are committed to working with Premier Kenney and his administration to ensure that Albertans realize significantly improved health outcomes
4: there are so many synergies in the vision that darren just articulated between what this company will do to generate returns for its shareholders while making life better for ordinary people in this province so many synergies between that vision and the vision of the government of alberta
1: you probably think of telus as a phone and internet company but they actually do a lot more including already doing a bunch in the health field most notably by providing systems for medical records used by doctors and pharmacies. TELUS was actually born out of a crown corporation, Alberta Government Telephones, or AGT. This was the government utility that provided phone service to Alberta for most of the 20th century. But in the early 1990s, Alberta's Progressive Conservative Party privatized AGT, which in effect became TELUS. Since AGT was privatized, TELUS has been a big donor to conservative parties in Alberta over the years, and they've also received a number of sole source contracts. And at that September announcement, both Kenny and Entwistle talked up the Babylon app. I believe we can partner with TELUS to deliver better health outcomes at lower
4: cost.
3: And we look forward to further expanding these innovative solutions for the benefit of all citizens within the province.
1: At the time, this didn't get much attention, but now this app has been rolled out in the middle of a pandemic. Immediately, there was tons of public outcry. Albertans couldn't protest in the streets like they had a few weeks before when thousands of Calgarians gathered in downtown to protest privatization and cuts to education and health care. Instead, a campaign emerged to drag down this app through negative reviews, like
3: these. Read the privacy policy. Your data is not secure.
1: They will share your personal data,
5: meaning your private health info, with TELUS so they can market other products to you. No thank you. Never use this app, as it will eventually direct you to the emergency department and not connect you with your own doctor.
1: Physicians were also speaking out against the Babylon app because they were being paid $20 per virtual consultation, whereas through the app, it was almost twice that for doctors, $38. Now, after public outcry, the province did relent on that. Now doctors are getting that rate of $38 per virtual consultation. But on March 19th, that was still a few days away, and on that day, Thursday, March 19th, something started floating around Twitter. Specifically, Health Minister Tyler Shandro's financial disclosures, which showed that he had an interest, part ownership, of a company called Vital Partners Incorporated, a company founded and run by his wife, Andrea Shandro. Vital Partners is a company that does employee benefit plans and health spending accounts. They also broker supplementary health insurance for services that aren't covered publicly.
2: In my mind, I perceived this all to be public information.
1: This is Wing Carly. She's a neuroscientist who lives outside Edmonton. She's pretty outspoken on social media about public health care, public education, and she was struck by what she saw in Shandro's disclosures.
2: I reacted. I, I thought, wow, this is this should be public information. Um, I, I view myself as a private citizen, but also this was of incredible public interest considering the context of the health ministry, you know, considering the context of, of what's been happening with policy, the, the unilateral ending of the agreement for the doctors, which I had been following pretty closely.
1: All of this was happening against the backdrop of Shandro's cuts to physician pay. This had been announced in February before the pandemic set in, or at least before we knew it was a pandemic. And doctors weren't happy about it. They said it would force them to make a choice between working in hospitals or working in their clinics. And they said this is going to force many of us to leave the province. But even once coronavirus was declared a pandemic, the Kenny government didn't back away from these cuts. Eventually, they did back down on some of the points, but the bulk of them they've stuck with. And so with all of this in mind, Lee tweeted about Shandro's disclosures. And here's what she said. Turns out Health Minister Tyler Shandro is part owner of a private health insurance corporation, Vital Partners. And his wife, Andrea Shandro, is co-founder slash principal. Using his day job to decimate public health care... So his private company can capitalize on privatization,
2: and then it just it just took off. I, I I'm not sure I expected that because things had been broken, I guess, like publicly before about this government, you know, in in other areas. But this kind of caught on because I think of the context of everything all happening, rolling out Babylon and the doctor's cuts and. Of that. So within a few hours, the tweet had 2,000 retweets or something by the end of that night.
1: I asked Lee if she would rephrase her tweet today, given what she now knows about Vital Partners that it's not a private health insurance company per se, but a company that develops benefit plans for businesses and also brokers supplementary health insurance.
2: Based on what I know of at the time and based on me being a private citizen i i think that was a reasonable comment obviously there you know maybe someone who's well well versed in in that business aspect could have delved more into the details but honestly no it was a private corporation They do deal with insurance, they do make a profit off the brokerage of that insurance, and I think that connection there was important.
1: As CBC reported in March, one of the people who is watching this all play out was a Calgarian named Janice Fraser. She's pretty active politically, and in the last five years, she's managed the constituency offices of two different Calgary MLAs, one NDP, one Liberal. And she also knew Tyler Shandro through projects that he had worked on pro bono as a lawyer. On Friday, March 20th, she went to the Vital Partners website and sent a message using the online form. And here she is recalling what she said in that message.
0: Dear Tyler and Andrea Shandro, I, I believe, as owners of this company, and with uh, Tyler being the um, minister of health, that you are in a conflict of interest. I've held, uh, I hold Tyler um, in high professional and personal regard until 2020, and and you need to know that Albertans are going to remember this. And I sent it off. And within the hour, I got the emails that you now have uh, regarding uh, Tyler Shandro's response to me.
1: So Fraser gets this email from the health minister, Tyler Shandro, from his government email account. The subject line is, your email to my wife. And it says, quote, Janice, sending threatening emails to my wife is completely inappropriate and must stop. If you want to believe lies about her on social media, that's up to you. But you can send your threatening emails to this office and this office only. Email her again and it will be referred to Protective Services.
0: I, honest to goodness, was absolutely terrified. Um, I I initially thought Protective Services meant the police. He was going to send the police after me. Uh, Even though I've worked in constituency offices, we always dealt with the sergeant-at-arms when actual threatening um, correspondence came into a constituency office. And so I didn't. I didn't relate protective services to legislative protective services because for me that was always referred to as the sergeant-at-arms. And so I basically thought he was going to send the police after me and I started to shake and I was so afraid. And the effect was, of course, to intimidate me through this threat so that I would become silent.
1: So she writes back to Tyler Shandro. She says... I did not threaten you or your wife in any way, but your response to me is threatening and inappropriate. Later that night, Minister Tyler Shandro took to Twitter. The Alberta Medical Association had posted a letter saying it doesn't condone cyberbullying. And this letter was in response to the furor over Vital Partners and the Shandros. Minister Tyler Shandro wrote a tweet thread that singled out Lee for her tweet the day before. And he thanked the Alberta Medical Association for speaking out against the quote-unquote malicious attack made by Wing Car Lee. The minister called it a false and deeply personal attack on my partner Andrea. And he said that Andrea was getting disgusting emails and death threats in the aftermath of Lee's tweet. Now, It's quite a stretch to call Lee's tweet a personal attack. It was raising a question of public interest. And in a democracy, citizens ostensibly have the freedom to raise these questions, even when they discomfort those in power, even during a pandemic. But Shandro framed it as if Lee had intentionally and maliciously incited death threats. Now, about those death threats, Shandro's office has been repeatedly asked, to produce examples of them, and they haven't. They didn't give them to CBC when asked, and when I asked for this story, once again, no dice. In his tweet thread, Shandro also posted a letter from the Ethics Commissioner, dated that same day, and that letter basically cleared him of any conflict of interest, according to the Commissioner. She said that he had complied with all of the regulations His business interests were held in a blind trust and she would not be investigating as there are no grounds to warrant an investigation. Now we'll come back to the ethics commissioner, but first here's Lee describing her reaction when she first read that thread.
2: It was, it was shock, uh, that it was framed in such a way. It was framed as though I abused her and And then it was fear. It was, oh, okay, you know, like, did did I do something wrong? You know, when I put on my thread, I was trying to be careful of sticking to the facts. And of course, I'm a private citizen. So I, I just didn't expect a minister to react so publicly in that fashion. Of, of such a strong stance and also misrepresenting uh, what, what I had actually tweeted. I went, did I go too far? Is this too much engagement? Should I be my mouth shut? Is it, is it, are we going up against something that's so powerful and so well-resourced that individuals now need to be worried about their safety for, for not agreeing with policies?
1: And that's not okay. Shock gave way to fear, which gave way to anger for Lee.
2: You know, now my reputation's on the line, as though I was threatening somebody when I perceived personally that there was there was a conflict of interest question here on this table with a minister with a very big portfolio uh, at an important junction right now in our time, in our history. Right, we're facing a health crisis, and this is.
1: This is a big deal. An hour after Shandro tweeted his thread namingly, Premier Jason Kenney retweeted it. By
2: 7.06, the Premier, on his official account, said, I am appalled that Shandro's wife has been targeted with threats, personal attacks, um, and a direct. So the part of the thread that he chose started with my name. He retweeted that part of Tyler Shandro's thread that says, since at Carly with a case, tweet went out. So it it's right there, right? Like the first part of the retweet, you can see my handle. And I felt that was not appropriate to frame it in this way, to frame it as though I was launching these personal attacks and he is the premier using his very big platform. I had in the meantime, put out a statement that I don't condone attacks on any person because it it was also happening to me and i posted proof of of me being attacked you know racist misogynist
1: attacks and that brings us to saturday march 21st and the infamous driveway incident in calgary A story that shouldn't be going away, as far as I'm concerned, Alberta's health minister uh, showing up at the driveway, the private residence of a physician, an acquaintance to the health minister to take issue with a social media post. That's Edmonton radio host Ryan Jesperson of 630 Ched, recalling the incident of March 21st, a story first broken by Charles Rusnell at CBC. The gist was that Dr. Zaidi had posted a meme to Facebook about Vital Partners, and then the Shandros showed up at his house to berate him about it and to ask him to take the post down. Throughout this whole thing, Zaidi has been clear that he's forgiven the health minister over that incident. He's also been clear that media contacted him and not the other way around about this driveway incident. But what Dr. Zaidi has said is the real story here is Shandros' cuts to physicians and public health care. In his interview with Jesperson, he emphasized that doctors' good intentions do not pay for the work they do, or for all the costs associated with running a clinic, all the supplies and whatnot. And doctors and Albertans need to stand up for primary health care, as Shandro's ministry takes the knife to it.
5: We need to earn money to pay all this. That's where we we are frustrated. We know that we're going to go bankrupt. That's where I posted a meme which says... So every Albertan, so it shows the minister sitting, and it says, "So every Albertan that I can kick off healthcare is another client we can sign up for vital partners. We are going to be rich." The mean was not trashy. The mean was not defaming. It wasn't an attack on his wife. It was to advocate for the rights of our patient and to and, for the, and, and to and to protect the publicly funded primary healthcare. Now, what has happened that the premier has? done a huge disservice and mischaracterized the meme and attacked my integrity to protect his minister.
1: That's Dr. Zaidi speaking on the Ryan Jesperson show on 630 Ched, March 30th. Like Lee, Zaidi thinks there's a conflict of interest situation that at the very least needs to be publicly discussed. As happened with Lee, the premier has characterized the health minister and his family as being attacked by Zaidi.
4: Last week, there was an online campaign of defamation and harassment of Minister Chandra's wife uh, based on completely spurious false disproven allegations which have been dismissed by the ethics commissioner uh, including uh, death threats that were issued against his wife. I think any Albertan would understand that a husband or wife will get passionate when their spouse is being attacked and even threatened and certainly defamed. I understand the minister issued a statement saying that if anybody took, a, if the neighbors took offense at having been approached about this, uh, he's, he's sorry for that. For as, as far as I'm concerned, that's the end of the matter.
1: Now that's not true. Shandro actually did not apologize for his actions on the driveway.
5: Neither have them, nor any party member, or sitting MLA or our minister has has showed disapproval of his behavior. What the premier has done right now. It has a proven a behavior which gives the rights to every sitting MLA, MP, minister, or anybody
1: who serves the crown, have the right to go and and do the same thing. What his statement said was that he regretted, quote, that this episode has become a distraction, end quote, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, and for that I am sincerely sorry, he said. Now I want to jump back to something Kenny said in that statement:
4: disproven allegations, which have been dismissed by
1: the ethics commissioner. Let's take a closer look at that. A Calgarian named Aaron Cornbro was watching all this unfold on social media, and he decided to reach out to the ethics commissioner about it.
3: Really, what, what bothered me about this whole whole issue, with, you know, regarding the ethics commissioner, is it appeared to me that there there. There is a conflict of interest Um, and I and I knew that the ethics commissioner had already cleared the health minister about this. Um, But just a few things sort of set off a few really big warning bells for me. One of them being, um, you know, an email from his wife's company was forwarded to him and then he used his own government email to respond to this private citizen. you know, it seemed very unethical to me that someone that is, is is in a blind trust or a, you know, not a conflict of interest would be would be answering those types of emails. Um, you know, it also really bothered me that he went to a private citizen's home to berate him for something that was posted on social media.
1: so he writes to the ethics commissioner, outlining these concerns and asking her to investigate and he hears back from Marguerite Tressler, Alberta's ethics commissioner, a few hours later.
3: First, when I got the response, I was actually quite surprised that I actually even got a response because I've been, you know, emailing my MLA and, and various people in, in, uh, in government and have, have never received a response other than, you know, an auto response back. And so I was pleasantly surprised to see that I got a response. And so I started reading uh, the, the email back and, you know i was quickly quite disappointed in the response uh, because it appeared to me that this was a very partisan and political response from the ethics commissioner
1: in her email trussler said she couldn't investigate shandro's behavior of threatening citizens because it doesn't fall under the conflict of interest act this isn't all that surprising as alberta's ethics commissioner is fairly limited in what she can look into Tressler also reiterated what she had said in her previous letter, the one that Chandra had posted publicly, that when Chandra became health minister, he disclosed his and his wife's interest in Chandra Holdings Incorporated, and after careful consideration, it was determined that there was no conflict of interest, and his wife did not need to be deprived of her livelihood. But then the email takes a weird twist. She goes on to say that Alberta is in the middle of the worst crisis since it became a province and that the minister has been working long days, 16 to 20 hours each day. She says Andrea Shandro has been receiving death threats and that as a result, the minister was given permission to go home for a few days on the weekend. Commissioner Trussler goes on to chide Cornbro for raising the questions that he did in his email. Here's a direct quote from her email. While you may not agree with his politics or his behavior, this might be a time to show some compassion.
3: I felt that she was condoning his behavior and defending him, and that just sort of blew me away, to be honest. Just the fact that she basically went on his side and said that we should be giving him some compassion and and feeling, I don't believe that there's a place for that, for an ethics commissioner to be writing that about um, an individual.
1: I reached out to the ethics commissioner for this story. I forwarded the email that Cornbro had got from the ethics commissioner, and I heard back quickly with a short email from her office. Here it is in full. Thank you for your email. We are not able to provide public comment on this issue. I asked both Fraser and Lee what they've taken away from all of this—that
0: we are as Albertans, that we are in a very precarious uh, crisis of democracy and um, and free speech—I
2: am worried. I am concerned, and not just because of this scenario. I've been watching, uh, I've been watching these kind of over the line interactions that are that seem so inappropriate you know, and, and against the code of conduct that we, we've come to believe, you know, public officials should be held to, you know, I've seen it in in others uh, being called out publicly on the floor of the legislature, you know, a, pr- a professor being called, you know, failed NDP candidate, and and I've seen this sort of concerted campaign to minimize and intimidate citizens asking really uh, their reasonable questions, right? Reasonable questions about policy, critiquing policy. And it's not not personal. A lot of it is really about the policy and our uh, concerns. So when they make it about the personal it's kind of like a trump card for people to stop asking questions because they don't want to be called a cyberbully and and painted as though as I have been painted. and it's an intimidation tactic, I think, to to not have any dissent um, and not to have critical discourse discourse in the public square. And that's frightening to me. End of line. Thanks for listening, and see you again soon.
1: You've been listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus, and I'm the founder and editor of The Sprawl. And you can find a full transcript of this episode on our website at sprawlcalgary.com. The Sprawl is myself, assistant editor Jimena Gonzalez, our comics artist Sam Hester, and our art director slash designer Chris Picora. Our Sprawlcast theme music is by Dan D. Agostino and Kenny Murdoch, and our C-Train narrator is Holly McConnell. Thanks to our listeners who took the time to record and send in their reviews of the Babylon app. Thanks for listening and see you next time.